From the Museum of Science, Boston, this is Pulsar, a podcast where we answer questions from you, our audience. I'm your host, Eric O'Day. Later this year, the Museum of Science will open a new exhibition called Arctic Adventure, Exploring with Technology. In Arctic Adventure, visitors will be transported to an Arctic setting where they will investigate their surroundings using simulated tools and technologies. Our guest today is one of the exhibition's science advisors, Brent Minshew, an assistant professor and geophysicist at MIT who leads the Glacier Dynamics and Remote Sensing Group. Brent, thanks so much for talking to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. So let's start with hearing from an expert. What exactly is a glacier? A glacier is a river of ice. So glaciers form as snowfall accumulates at high elevation. And that snow is eventually compacted into ice. And then the ice flows as a viscous fluid, much like syrup or honey. Uh, it flows under its own weight. Eventually, it'll get to a lower elevation where the ice mass is ultimately lost, either by melting off the top or the bottom or calving into icebergs and then float away and melt elsewhere in the ocean. Glaciers are also uh, primary reservoirs of fresh water in the Earth. So the vast majority of Earth's fresh water uh, is contained in the glaciers, and particularly the large ice sheets in Greenland and Antarctica. Glaciers are also an important source of minerals to the marine environment. So glaciers, because they're primary agents of erosion, they also churn up and they transport a lot of minerals to the ocean. And when those minerals are sprinkled out, then they allow for very productive ecosystems. So uh, these minerals can allow for, can sustain plankton colonies, which then work their way up through the food chain all the way up to various charismatic megafaunas, penguins and whales, seals, and so on. We got a lot of questions from our listeners about this topic, and almost all of them focused on climate change in one way or another. So can you tell us how that is affecting glaciers? The majority of glaciers are shrinking. That is that they're losing mass uh, due to warming of the climate. Uh, a few glaciers appear to be gaining a little bit of mass, perhaps advancing for a variety of reasons, mostly because they're sensitive to their regional climate. And glaciers also have relatively long memories, so they're still responding to major changes that may have occurred in the past decades or centuries. But overall, the picture seems quite clear that the majority of glaciers, at least, are retreating and losing mass, in many cases at an accelerating rate. So how do we know this? How do you study glaciers? Do you go out and take its temperature? So a variety of instruments are used. These can broadly be grouped into two categories. In situ observations, these are observations that people make by actually going out on the ice, setting out instruments to measure the local weather, instruments that measure the solar radiation that is incident on the surface of the glacier, instruments that measure directly melt in a very specific area. Some people drill boreholes to take the temperature of the glacier, as you mentioned before, and to look at how water flows underneath the glaciers. The other broad category of instruments that we use are remote sensing observations. So these will range from drones, uh, you can fly over and take high resolution imagery in an area, all the way up to satellites. They use a variety of instruments that range from cameras, to radar sensors, to laser altimeters, and then satellites that measure changes in gravity as well. And so it's this latter class of satellite that gives us something close to a direct observation of the changes in the mass. It allows us to effectively weigh the ice sheets and the glaciers and see how much mass they're losing 
And then we can use other instruments, for example, the laser range finders on satellites to measure how the surface is drawing down. The decrease in the surface elevation of the glacier, which tells us a lot about the loss of the mass. And then we can also use radar and optical imagery from satellites in order to measure the speed of the glacier. So how the glaciers are flowing, uh, how that velocity is changing over time in response to a, ver- a variety of environmental forces. So we tend to think of glaciers as changing on the scale of thousands of years, but your research focuses on how they can change on much shorter time scales as quick as hours? Yeah, so glaciers are surprisingly dynamic, and that's been one of the major breakthroughs in the field over the past few decades or so is this realization of how glaciers can change over very short time scales. So what we tend to do in our research group is we tend to focus on very short time scale forcings, for example, changes in the ocean tides, changes in seasonal melt, changes in the seasonal patterns of calving of icebergs and so on. Uh, And we look at how those changes are able to propagate through the glaciers and how the glaciers respond to these short-term forcings. And that gives us some insight basically into the aspects of the glacier that we can't see, how glaciers are sliding along their beds, the viscous properties of the ice, and so on. And all of these factors are very important for plugging into models that give us some sense of how the glaciers are going to change over the coming decades or centuries. So climate change is affecting glaciers in lots of different subtle complex ways, and your research is really trying to piece apart what those are. So it's not just rising temperatures that cause glaciers to lose mass and to contribute to sea level rise over time. And a particularly interesting example of this takes place in West Antarctica. So in Antarctica, it still remains relatively cold. So the direct melt from the warming atmosphere is a small contributor to the total mass loss in Antarctica. What's really driving mass loss in Antarctica, we believe, are the changes in temperature of seawater next to the ice sheet itself. And the way this works is that as climate changes, we expect to see changes in the westerly winds that surround Antarctica. And this changes how the winds pump warm, deep water toward the ice sheet itself. And when that warm, deep water comes into contact with the base of the ice, then the ice starts to melt. It thins the floating sections known as ice shelves that have some resistive or some backstress that prevent the seaward flow of ice. And it also retreats the grounding line that is the boundary between the grounded and the floating ice. And by doing that, it increases the amount of mass, ice mass that has moved from the grounded ice to the ocean. And that's where we get our sea level contribution. So even though the direct melting from the atmosphere is relatively small in Antarctica, we still see this this high sensitivity to changes in climate through the ocean. Now, there aren't really any glaciers where you can hop in your car at MIT and then get there in an hour to study them up close. So Karen wants to know, have you been to any glaciers up close? Have you traveled around the world to study them? A little bit, yeah. Most of our work focuses on using uh, satellite data along with physical models. We're very interested in, in using the data to try to better understand the physics of glaciers, the physics of ice flow. But I have had a few occasions to do some field work, primarily in Iceland. We had the opportunities to go up on some of the ice caps there, set out GPS stations, set out a variety of instruments uh, we referred to before to take very precise measurements of ice flow and the local weather conditions on the glacier uh, in order to connect those with our remote sensing observations that we took from aircraft and satellites. But certainly people who study glaciers spend a tremendous amount of time in the field. 
Uh, so a lot of my friends will spend months out of the years down in Antarctica taking a variety of measurements. In fact, this year, uh, some folks that I know, they drilled a hole through one of the floating sections of Antarctica and they dropped a robot down there and they drove that robot very close to the grounding line. This really critical interface It's essentially the point at which ice starts to go afloat. So upstream of the grounding line, the ice is grounded, it's resting on the seafloor, and then downstream of the grounding line, the ice has gone afloat. That boundary is particularly important because, especially in, in Antarctica, it's the amount of ice that crosses that boundary that determines the rate of sea level rise that we get from the continent. And so understanding the conditions in the ocean at the grounding line, understanding how much ice is being delivered, how much ice is being melted at the grounding line is absolutely key to understanding how Antarctica, and particularly the West Antarctic ice sheet, is going to respond to climate change in the coming decades and centuries. Well, Brent, thanks so much for talking to us today about your research on glaciers. Yeah, uh, thanks so much for having me. If you'd like to have one of your questions answered by a visiting expert or a Museum of Science educator, you can email them to sciencequestions at mos.org. If you enjoyed this episode of Pulsar, don't forget to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or on Spotify, as well as leaving a rating or review for us. Please visit www.mos.org slash science matters to support MOS at home. That's it for this episode of Pulsar. Join us again soon.